for Swifties with an Appetite. I'm Sarah, and I used to be a little kid with glasses in a twin-size bed. And I'm Laura, and I'm a mess, but I'm the mess that you wanted. And we've got a blank plate, baby, and we'll write your name. Woohoo! Emergency episode! Emergency, Emergency episode! Pod. Emergency pod! Whoop, whoop, whoop! Whoop! Okay. We're breaking routine already because Taylor's <laughs> got us riled up. Yeah. So this is not even an uh, episode we expected to record. No. Emergency pod, okay? Emergency pod after Taylor's announcement at the Grammys. Let's just get right into this. Like, no small yeah. talk. She announced her next album. Right. Which, like, I love that this is an emergency pod that I think we initially thought would take it. We'd chat a little bit, you know. Oh throw a quick pot out there and we have a full document. I thought this was going to gonna discuss. be a 15 minute episode. Okay. Right. No, <laughs> no, like no. this, all this woman has done is announce her next album and released a cover and a back cover with the track list. And, and the that's theories basically the all theories. we've got. And that's all we need to just go absolutely nuts with it. On Sunday, we were treated to the biggest announcement we were never expecting mm-hmm. at the Grammy Awards, where Taylor announced her 11th album, totally new, called which, The Tortured Poets Department. Uh, which is so hard to remember. But I'm already wrong from our first episode that we just dropped. Like, I know. I'm already wrong because I said, I don't think she's dropping a brand new album during the tour. She but, apparently has no sign of stopping. Like, no, I love this woman it. Keeps us on our toes at every moment. I was so blown because I think everybody thought at the Grammys that we would be dropping reputation. Mm-hmm. There have been Easter eggs everywhere. And when she got up there on stage and basically was like, um, coming April 19th, my, Totally new album. All of us were like, excuse me. Did you see that Grammy like reactions? Everyone's was like so stale. <laughs> okay. I wanted to ask you what you think about this. Like, what, I have, what do you mm. think people who were there think about Taylor announcing a new album at, at that venue? So I think the level or the lack of excitement um, was disappointing, but we also have to remember that, Taylor was making the announcement for the fans, for us girlies. Okay. Mm -hmm. And she was in a room of her colleagues, not her fans. So I think they were all like, wow, great. Okay, girl. Golf clap. I think they were also like, great. My next album is going to be competing with Taylor (laughs) Swift again for the Grammys. Right. Right. So. Right. Right. So. Yeah. And, And I. Yeah. I mean, obviously Taylor was doing that for the people watching, not the people in the room. But I can also see how the other artists might be like, hey, this is the Grammys. We're here to celebrate like all of our work. Like this is not the Taylor Swift show. Yeah. I mean, it quickly became the Taylor Swift show as most award shows do. And I can see that rubbing people the wrong way. Yeah. Yeah. I think there were a couple cringy moments through that entire thing. Um, Mm -hmm. But regardless, I think that the lack of enthusiasm when she announced is probably because people are like, okay, great. They're not huge Swifties like us. That's okay. Like, right. Yeah. 
Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. It's like, I can, I can see both sides of it. Yeah. So, you know, everyone, the Swifties were tuning into the Grammys thinking it was going to be reputation that was going to be dropped for multiple reasons. We all had our theories like, the day mm-hmm. of she turned she turned her profile picture into a black and white portrait of her midnight's album black and yeah. white to me reputation Plus, like what was it a week ago or something like all of these friends of hers changed their profile pictures to black and white yes which aside from folklore we've always associated with rep right so we know it's coming so and, we all assumed and the the picture of the the steaming hot cup of Joe. Oh God. The music video with the black fingernail on the two. We were like, we're getting reputation in February because we got 1989 for the blue nail. Yeah. So, so makes sense. Yeah. Um, she also unarchived an old rep- reputation Instagram post that said three days, which was three days before the Grammys. Like, Hello, she's playing with us. She's she playing is playing with us. With us. <laughs> and in addition to that, there was a glitch on Taylor's website. So shout out, shout out to this masterpiece real quick. I think there's been a glitch. Uh, oh. <laughs> Hit it. Okay. Yeah. Glitch on her website <clears throat> that mm-hmm. said DPT321, which is a fake error message. It's not a real thing. Right. And we found out that DPT is tortured poets department backwards. Right. But we also thought like the three, two, one, <laughs> let's was referencing, go. Like the one, two, three, let's go, bitch. Which of is course. a reputation thing. Ugh. Also, apparently three, two, one is a communication error that would appear on a fax machine with a poor telephone line connection. And which is also <gasps> the old Taylor can't come to the phone right now. I just. Why? Because she's dead. Also, Midnight's Madness with me when she picked up the phone and she's been picking up the phone the whole time. (sighs) Just saying, just saying, just saying. There's lots of things connecting here. Also, another thing on her website that was a glitch was that she had this like random collection of letters that if Mm -hmm. you unsorted them, spelled out red herring, which is a literary device. Yeah. So she was saying... This is all a red herring. And then she was like, boom, it's a brand new album. Even but her also, outfit, though. Her outfit. Oh, right. And her outfit was black and white. But now we know that the black and white and everything still goes with the new album. But also, what if the red herring is still a red herring? Where What if this new album thing is also... To throw us off, and we're still getting reputation like next week or something. I've heard a lot about that theory, actually. So it'll be interesting because I think a lot of us are well. The the thumb on two in the black nail is a dead Mm -hmm. giveaway. I still think it's coming before this next album. I don't know. I don't know. It's exciting. I don't know. And so the new album called "The Tortured Poets Department." Which Taylor is called lovingly in Tokyo, Tortured Poets. So I think we're allowed to call it Tortured Poets. Yeah. Which, so this is weird because we've never had something that is four words before. Yeah, normally it's one, right? Like, simple. Aside from Speak Now, it's always been one. And 
self-titled, which was Taylor Swift. But, um, but I was thinking about how even reputation, it's one word, but it's four syllables and we shorten it to rep. Yeah. (laughs) So what are we going to call this? Poets? Like tortured poet TTPD. Like it's probably yeah. gonna be poets. It's probably like, gonna be poets. Yeah. Is what we'll call it. And like we're gonna hypothesize our the vibe that we're feeling with this. Um mm-hmm. so first of all, when she said it's called the Torture Poets Department, and then she went backstage and she posted like the cover of the album. Mm-hmm. I was like, okay, we're getting this folklore girly. Mm-hmm intimate, sexy, black and white, Tumblr core sort of vibe. Mm -hmm. But now I'm confused because like people are saying it's synth pop. So yeah, so I was looking into that. I'm pretty sure that that's fake news. Okay, like where did that come from? I think someone just kind of like made it up and it got legs. But if you look like there's nowhere confirming this. It's just a thing that's out there. Okay. Okay. So we're going to, we're going to bypass that. Yeah. I, I do think it's going to have notes of you're losing me. Um, Mm -hmm. Because if we think about the timeline here, right? Like she said it was two years. And by the way, she keeps signaling Mm -hmm. two. Do you keep seeing that? I wanted to say was like, so when she announced it, it was when she received the Grammy for best pop performance vocal 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 performance performance yep um which was her 13th grammy and i do think that she truly did not think she was going to get album of the year so she was like i got this grammy i'm going to get up and do my announcement now because who knows what's going to happen the rest of the night yeah totally but when she very clearly held up her two fingers for two so when she said i've been keeping this secret from you for Two, two years. years. And we know that when she does finger things, <laughs> it means something. So again, maybe we are getting reputation like around the same time. Or is it a double album? Like, or is it a double album? Is it going to have a sister album? She also did two in Tokyo um, as of this week too. So what do you mean two? When she did her secret song, she was just like, she kept doing two, like the number two. She when, did it. Like when she was playing? Or yeah, what do when you mean? she did when she did her uh her uh her songs, her two selected songs. She was like, I'm gonna play two songs for you. Two songs. Oh. Yeah. So okay. this is a clue. Oh. Okay, so then speaking of Tokyo, the first night she talked when she talked about it, she called it Tortured Poets. Um, she told us that she started working on this immediately after turning in Midnight's, which Midnight's would have been turned in a couple months before announcing it. So she announced it in August of 22, right? Right. right. Which means she would have probably finalized it in like the spring of 22. I would assume like spring or yeah, like early summer. And we know, thanks to Jack, that she finished writing, or she recorded You're Losing Me in December of 21. Right. So that was, I mean, maybe that was near the end of her recording process for Midnight's. I have to assume so. Um, I don't know. I th- yeah. There's so much to unpack about <clears throat> the timeline of this. 
like so much. Right. Um, well, also, if I it think is ever two since, years. Well, ever since folklore, I think she's kind of told us this, that she figured out that she is happiest when she is producing and releasing stuff. And folklore and evermore taught her that she can just put it out there, especially now that she's with her new label and she's less restricted and kind of do whatever the heck she wants. She's like, right. Oh, this makes me happy and it makes you happy. So I'm just going to keep doing it. So she released midnights. I think she's, she, I mean, we know this woman is constantly writing. So yeah, she finalized midnight. She's like, it's done. Put a bow on it, wrap it up, like press the LPs, whatever. Boom, boom, boom. I'm still writing. What's my next project? Oh, here it is. And I'm working on it now. Like time for the next era. What's it going to be? And she said she was still working on it during the U.S. tour. And we know we saw her going in and out of the studios constantly. Right. There have been multiple times where she was paparazzi coming in and out of Electric Lady Studios with most of these featured artists. We did not see any pictures of Post Malone, but we knew that Florence and Machine was there. We also knew that mm. Maddie Healy was there amongst mm. other artists like Sabrina Carpenter. So I'm curious to know like, if those songs come to life. Mm. I have no idea. Um, but I do think the thing, she's also on kind of a two year timeline. If you think about it, like yeah. one and a half to two year, like that seems to be the turnaround for like a new album for her. Yeah. Um, I think the thing that's like really amazing is that how many people, even before the tracks were announced, were sleuthing, like what's up with this, like word tortured, like, why is that a thing? Mm-hmm. And what's up with department? So, um, as the sleuths have figured out, the Tortured Man Club is the name that Joe was in with, uh, it was Joe Alwyn, Paul Mezcal, and Andrew Scott, all these British boys, all these British actors. Yeah. Um, they were in a WhatsApp group called the Tortured Man Club. Yeah, and, group chat. And um, this was in like a variety or maybe it was a Vanity Fair interview. Which, that came out after the breakup, right? I don't know. I don't, I don't know the timeline on that. I think it did. And then, so Paul Mezcal was dating Phoebe Bridgers. Yes. So is Phoebe. (laughs) Kind of around the same time. So I, I pretty sure that interview came out after the breakup. I don't know. I would be very curious to know what the timeline was there. I could be wrong. All I know. Also like in retrospect, knowing it's like, Maybe it came out before the breakup was announced, but maybe like around the time. Things yeah, it sounds like this is like poignant. <laughs> like this was a choice yeah. to use the word torture. Right. Well, and, and I then think apparently we would figure it out. So of course, and then someone, Joe or someone related to him, you know, talked to somebody the other day and said how Taylor didn't. Oh, maybe they were still together because it was like Taylor didn't like the name of the group chat and that he talked about it. Cause she was like, people are going to think this has to do with me or something, which I didn't know knows if any of that is true. Right. You know? I didn't know that. Um, all I know is when she posted on her website, um, like different graphics of like the vibe of it has, you know, she called herself the chair, the chair woman or the chairman of the, of the tortured poets department. But mm-hmm. also she had two very clear, um, oh my God, she had one file folder that said artifacts and, ev- and like another one says evidence, which mm-hmm. immediately made me think of hits different. Like, let me play this. Yeah. And the artifacts cried over, I had cursed the space that I needed. I 
poignant. Um, yeah. Artifacts and evidence within the same song. Hello. Like, this is a callback to Hits Different. She also mm-hmm. released Hits Different later. Yeah. Then I think Hits Different and You're Losing Me must have been written at the end of all the Midnight stuff. Right. But, like, why did she release it early? I don't know if this is, like, kind of her laying out the clues for us to figure out. Maybe. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's also like how Dear Reader is, like, an Easter egg for what's coming next. Right. Is the Tortured Poets Department. Are you kidding me? Also, can we talk about the absolute, like, the perfect release date that she chose? Yeah, we okay. need to talk about this. Okay, first of all. I found out today that that is not, it's not only the American independence, like battle of Lexington where the U S officially marked the beginning of our war with, with with revolutionary war, like what freedom from the British, like what, like, are you talking about the great war? You mean this song? Like you mean this? has always like kind of thrown me a little bit on midnights. I feel like it's one song that kind of doesn't quite fit. It yeah, and I I, I like that song a lot, but I also mm-hmm. felt like okay, that she obviously felt like this was an important song cuz to me The Great War is more like a folklore evermore vibe. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. But another thing she said in her post was all's fair in love and poetry, which is a callback to the saying all's fair with love and war. Yeah. You mean the great war? You mean the war of the American independence from the Britain? Like it is. It also (laughs) is telling me that she is about to like lay it down her claws out and Joe is not safe. Well, he also released uh, his, well, someone on his team released a statement saying that he wasn't pleased that this was happening. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, what do you think is going to happen? This woman has always said that I'm going to write songs. And if men don't want a song written about them, then they should probably not do bad things. Like, yeah, she's, she's laid it out there. You can't be mad about it. Like, dude, you dated her for six years. You know, you didn't have any complaints when you were the hero of the story. When you were Mr. Mr. Quiet, reserved Mm -hmm. British boy, like you can't have your cake and eat it too. Like this is who she is. This is who she is as an artist. So I also was really irked by that statement that, I mean, again, who knows how real that statement is, but from what I hear about things, it seems like it's quite plausible that it's real. But the fact that he was like, I haven't said anything about Taylor. It's like, yeah, bro, you never said anything. And that's you never the did. <laughs> that is the problem. That's don't consistent. act like don't act like you're doing anything special by not talking about Taylor Swift. That's like, your MO. You don't do anything. Yeah. Like, you would have been happy if Exactly. You would have been happy if no one ever knew that you guys were together. <clears throat> one thing I was thinking about too is like I think oh I, I found out today that the nineteenth is April nineteenth is also like uh like crazy cat lady. Oh yeah. Day. National cat lady day. Yeah. I oh, love but that. it's also national poetry day. Yeah, of course. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Love that. Um, anyway, should we talk about like the vibes of the album art or like, what do we think? What do we want to do? Yeah. So I wanted to mention that her, this photographer she keeps using 
is such a mystery to me. Yeah, she's so mysterious online. Like this Beth Garibrandt, or however you say her name. Who is this woman? Okay, I even looked her up. Okay, so she primarily uses medium format film for her photography. And I mean, I am obsessed with the photos she has taken of Taylor since folklore. So she's, as right. far as I know, she started working with her during folklore. That's And yeah. every album, including the re-recordings that has been released since then, the, the photos have been by this woman. At one point, she was the photo director for Nylon Magazine. But like, she doesn't have... Well, I think she has like a hundred thousand Instagram followers, but I'm sure those are mostly Swifties. Right. But she's not even very active and she doesn't even like share her Taylor photos that much on her feed. No. Who is and she? I don't know, but I do know that when they first chose to uh shoot for folklore, she knew it like it couldn't be a production, it had to be one person because it was peak COVID, right? So mm-hmm. this was somebody that she obviously had within her connection of people. And they shot folklore in the backyard of Blake Lively, um, Blake Lively and Ryan Reynolds, like property. So obviously this woman must have been a friend of a friend or somebody that was recommended to her. And Mm -hmm. it must've just stuck. Like she really just must've loved her style. They must have good chemistry. Yeah. Like, I mean, those original folklore shots that she did. So beautiful. Like, Oh my God. And I love them. This harkens back to that sort of sepia sort of tone, mm-hmm. black and white, vintagey, vintagey sort of vibe. And I love that because it's, it's, it's reserved, but it's also kind of like alluring. Mm-hmm. And I mean, the way that she's posed is very alluring, but did you notice the back of her? Like her, she's, her head is like this against a wall, right? Sort of mm-hmm. like in anguish. A lot of people are comparing her pose on the back to lover. Because she's facing the same direction. She has a heart around her eye for lover. Mm -hmm. And it's like going from this place of like where she was ultimately so much in love to this dark place where the text over her says, I love you. It's killing me. It's ruining my life. It's ruining my life. Oh my God. Like what? Which like the juxtaposition. It's got to be a lyric in one of these songs. Maybe. I hope so. Jeez. (sighs) But also that also made me think like. The, it's got a similar feel to the Midnight's photo shoots in terms of um, like the Just, anguish. Yeah, anguish, the posing, the... And I wonder if there's something about Midnight's had that dark, moody, kind of muted 70s vibe to it. And now this album has like essentially no color Mm -hmm. and it's kind of making me think of the song you're losing me right like her dying my my face was gray but you refused to say that we were sick yes and so we like people keep wondering like is midnight's a breakup album which i think in some ways it kind of is like i still think it is her concept album of like several like sleepless nights over her life now looking at it, it's like there are a lot of songs that probably reference her and Joe's relationship falling apart. And now I think this album is going to be like, it's dead. Yeah. It has died. Yeah. Well, and now 
And especially when you think too, oh my gosh, of Lover and how bright and vibrant that album is. Yeah. Yeah. It's, oh. de- it's, it's dead. It's this dead. It's mind. Also, okay, so my, my theory on Taylor's, you know, albums, basically as a whole, since, since Lover, since folklore really, is that I think she has this sort of like veiled, um, way of presenting what the album is about. Like folklore is based off of these stories that I made up in my mind. But we all know that like, although that is true, Mm -hmm. there are deeply personal ties back to her own life within those songs. Oh yeah. And it's been that way since folklore. So, Mm -hmm. you know, folklore evermore. Yeah. These are like folk tales that she's made up in her mind, but like, are they really folk tales or is it veiled over like, what she's actually experienced. And when I think about midnights, I think about how it's this veil of like, Oh, it's these sleepless nights that I've encountered. But like, we're forgetting the fact that she might've been encountering some seriously sleepless nights during the recording of midnights. And we just had no concept or an idea that that was happening. Yeah. So Mm -hmm. I think like, this is the one time she's not veiling in a very long time. She's saying, this is it. Like, like mm-hmm. even even the song titles, I'm like, okay, she's not like messing around anymore. This is like, this is, oh, yeah. and we'll get to them. Yeah, we're getting we'll there. Get to them. We're getting there. So, <laughs> can we talk about the word department for a second? Yes. So, first of all, this is giving like <laughs> a lot of the branding of this album is already giving like dark academia, which is going to be my whole personality. Just <laughs> um, and it's before it's right <laughs> after my birthday. So, like, thank you, Taylor. I. Mm-hmm. Thank you. I know this, this is, is such a good birthday present for this you. This is how did she know? How did she know? Yeah. Um, so in my eyes, like the word department means that there's a collection of people, which I think the collaboration, like obviously we know there's two collaborations. I'm wondering if there's more. If you're a chairman, that means you oversee a team of people, like right? Yeah. Yeah. And it's like she doesn't well, wait, okay. Lover, Speak Now, those are track titles on the Mm -hmm. albums. Evermore is a track title. Fearless. But, like, she doesn't always, because, like, Reputation, Folklore, Midnights are not singular track titles. So we know that the one track is called The Tortured Poets Department. Yes, that is track two or something? Yeah. Yeah, track two. Track two. Um, but if she decided to name the whole album that, right? She has a reason for that. Also, did you notice that Florence posted on Instagram stories that she called herself the? Um, uh, it wasn't the chairman. It was basically like uh, department of haunted ghosts or like head of de- of head of haunted houses, and she was like sharing a picture of the tortured poets department like logo so like part of me is like okay is there like a theme here where like florence is the head of the haunted houses committee do you know what i mean Mm -hmm. like i kind of love that well also let me pull up her website real fast while you're pulling that up um we both love this like thrifty swifty concept that she came up with was just like like this is a similar ish vibe to folklore if it if it does have that vibe and that there's all these collaborations that those people mm-hmm. could pop up in surprise songs and as surprise guests and stuff like that, which could be really cool. 
Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I love that. So the thing I wanted to check is this album has a logo. Yeah. For TTPD. It looks like a stamp, right? Kind of like a circular. Yeah. yeah. A little bit. And so that is above her name. And also her menu switched that now one of the things says directed projects. Right. So like. It's giving the, department head. It's giving English yeah. department. <laughs> it's giving like new project, new full project, like not just an album. Yeah. But a project. Well, I love this whole like dark academia vibe of, of this whole thing, like the stamp, the envelopes, mm-hmm. like all of that. And like I said, I'm living for this vibe because even when you look back to when she was coming in and out of the studio, which by mm-hmm. the way, the baby braid, can we talk about the baby braid of it all? Okay. I had never noticed that before. Where else was she wearing that? She wore this all summer. All summer, all of her street style was like very classic, kind of like New England, English department vibes. Yeah. But like, she sort of had that sense of style anyway, I think. I mean, Mm -hmm. Taylor's not known for being like a style icon. She kind of is always changing depending on the era that she's in. But she always had this little baby braid somewhere. Like she wore it to Jack Mm. Antonoff's wedding. She wore it in and out of the studio. And then she wore it on the red carpet for the announcement of the tortured Mm -hmm. poets department. I'm like, what's up with the baby braid girl? Like, what is that? I don't know. But I don't know. So this logo situation, like, I don't think that logo is on the album cover. I don't think so. So, Maybe this will be a multi-album project and each one will have that logo on it. Yeah, maybe. Like volume two title. We can something. only hope. We, we can, can only, only hope. hope. <laughs> we can only hope. Yes. So what she what she has gifted us is the track list. Yes. Which was uh, leaked, we found oh, out. Wait, hold on. We need to talk about Dead Poets Society. <laughs> okay. Um Sarah, repeat after me. Tortured Poets Society. <laughs> tortured so it's Poets Society. No, Tortured Poets Department. God. See? Okay, so yeah. That's bad. It's, That's it bad. keeps making me think of Dead Poets Society, which came out in 1989. I love that movie so and much. And I was uh, refreshing myself on the movie last night when I was making our notes. That movie is dark as hell. I love that movie so much. <laughs> like talking about dark academia. Yeah. Like personified. That movie is dark. And we'll get into it. Like there's a lot of dark stuff happening in this album. Yeah. I mean, okay, let's get into it. Okay. Okay. Track All right. List. Track list. Let's just like run it down and then we'll go back in. Okay. Track number one, Fortnite featuring Post Malone. Fortnite as in like 14 days, not Fortnite the game. Right. The portrait. Oh my God. I cannot say this name. <laughs> the Tortured Poets Department, track two. Mm-hmm. Track three, My Boy Only Breaks His Favorite Toys. Track four, Down Bad. Mm-hmm. Track five, So Long London. I, okay. We have to stop there. Let's just stop okay. there. 
Okay. I know I said we're going to get, we can't do that. Yeah. We'll just go down and talk about each one as we get to it. So long, London. Are you kidding me? I want to know how many references to London Boy we'll be getting. I want to. If she says something about like throwing Shoreditch in a ditch, like. (laughs) Well, as we know, (laughs) as we know, track fives are like the most emotionally charged songs. So Mm -hmm. London Boy was about Joe. So long, London, we can assume is a departure breakup song, right? Like what else could it possibly be? It's track five. We know it's going to hit hard. It has to. Like, I will remind yeah. you, track fives of as of late were tolerated, and you're on your own, kid. Mm-hmm. And My Tears Ricochet. Oh, my God. How could I forget My Tears Ricochet? Are you kidding me? This is going to be, this is going to ruin us, okay? Mm-hmm. Track six is But Daddy, I Love Him. Okay, which is a Little Mermaid reference, which also came out in 1989. Also, I don't know if you know this, but Daddy, I Love Him is a shirt that Harry Styles wore. I don't know if you know that. So. Oh, I did see a picture of that. Yeah. Okay. But going so, back yeah. to Little Mermaid, let's talk about yeah. that. The Little Mermaid came out in 1989. And Ariel says that to her dad about loving Prince Eric. And the whole story of that is that she gave up her voice for a man. Sounds familiar. And like Taylor during her relationship with Joe, it's like, was she silent or was she silenced? The latter. <laughs> As for real. would say. No, but seriously, like, yeah. Also, in 2019, she had a costume New Year's Eve party where she dressed up as Ariel. And we have a picture of her eating pizza in that costume. So Our we have queen. confirmation that Taylor eats pizza. Our queen. We love. Okay. I need more of it. Yeah. Also, Fresh Out the Slammer is the next one. You quoted this. He can be my jailer. Burton to Burton this Taylor. Taylor. Um, if that isn't a reference to being jailed within your own reality, like. Yeah. And also he can be my making. jailer is about Joe. But yeah. Okay. And this. Oh, God. The way this woman consumes us. So. <laughs> when she and Joe got together. It was in 2016. It was when she was like hiding from the world. Yes. Her own choice. Right? Yes. And she found Joe, and I think he offered this, like, safe, cozy, comforting place where she could just be herself and hide from the world. And she was like, he can be my jailer. Yeah. Like, I'm down for it. Keep me locked and, up. I'm I'm good. And also, like, caveat to all this, we do not know these people. We don't know anything about her life. Like, no. this is all speculation. This but, is huge speculation. Yeah. But from the pieces we put together, it seems like... Joe um, was never going to be okay, like, publicly being with Taylor and being her true partner in everything that she does. And so she needed to break free of that. Fresh out the slammer. Fresh out the slammer. She was in jail. Which I think, and I mean, I'm not a Joe hater. I think he was right for her when they met and they 
grew as people and were no longer compatible by the end from what we can tell. I agree. You know? And so I'm sure that was a deeply troubling time for them to like wade through it at the end. Yeah. But she is out now and you can tell by the way she's been acting since going on tour and how public she is and going out with her friends. Like, I mean, she said, I can't get those years back where I was hiding. Yeah. She She is fresh out the slammer. Change of heart here. Okay. Fresh out the slammer. Florida featuring Florence and the machine. And of course her first shows (laughs) after the announcement of her breakup, obviously this breakup probably happened way before then if we're Mm -hmm. piecing this timeline together, but her breakup became public. Yeah. Right. When she was in Florida. So yeah, her first shows since it became public were in Tampa. Yeah. Um, also this track title is Florida with three exclamation points. I can only hope it's as obnoxious as me. <laughs> but better. But please. I mean okay. Florence is gonna class it up. Sorry to sorry to Brendan Yuri. I'm sorry, but like Florence is the right choice here. Okay. But like I don't like Florence that much. Oh, you're speaking hate speech over here. I like my queen. I, I hope I like her in a Taylor song. What's so what's so ironic is that like this whole folklore costume of it all, where she's like swish. That is Florence in the Machine. So if you're is into it? that, you would like Florence <laughs> in the Machine. Like but for me, it's just um, I don't love. Florence's voice. Oh, I love her voice. Like, it's a very particular kind of voice that just, like, her new song that just came out that Jack produced as part of that soundtrack for the Apple TV Plus show. Haven't listened to it, if I'm being honest, but I don't like it. I love her. So, yeah, I I mean, like, I'm sure she's, like, a great artist. It's just not for me. But hopefully I like this one. <laughs> Three exclamation points. Anything oh, could happen. Next <laughs> is guilty as sin? Question mark? Question mark is how I feel about it. I don't uh, know. That's a wild card for sure. And then the next okay. one is very interesting. Who's afraid of little old me? Okay, dude, I have to talk about this. Okay, get into it. I... I felt like I was in AP English preparing this document for us. I was like writing book reports. This, I have not gone this deep into stuff since high school. <laughs> okay. So, Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf is the reference, yeah. I'm assuming. Yeah, so it's referencing that, which I have heard that name before, but had no idea what it was about. So I'm on Wikipedia today. I'm like, tell me everything. Okay, first of all, it's a famous play. That then the film adaptation starred Richard Burton and Elizabeth Taylor. You mean you could be my jailer, Burton to this Taylor? That one? Yes. Indeed. Yes. Okay. Crazy. Absolutely wild. Okay. So then, again, like I said, this album has some dark shit going on. The play centers around the volatile relationship of this like older married couple. And they have a fake son that they talk about. Because they have infertility issues, but the the rule was like, they only ever could talk about it with each other. But then I guess the wife talked about it to someone else. So then the husband kills the fake son, 
the, the whole thing is so effed up. And then there's a younger married couple hanging out with him in this whole play. And it's really toxic. And the other main couple possibly had like a fake pregnancy. Like that the husband was saying that his wife had a hysterical pregnancy. I don't like what is going on. But then this brings me back to bigger than the whole sky, which people say like reminds a lot of people of miscarriage. And it's all I know is I think this is one of those situations where I think we're reading into this a lot and I don't think it has anything to do with this. That's my take. I don't think it has anything to do with that. I don't, I thought I saw this theory and I was like, okay, I like that Burton and Elizabeth Taylor thing, but I'm also like, okay, like, but how did you pull that? Like, how did you, I have no idea. We will not know until we hear the song, but I am just glad that I'm prepared with this information in my brain. Mentally prepared for that. Yeah. So I can. Who knows See if anything comes of this? Who but, knows? Yeah, but I was reading that. I was like, "Yeah, that's a it's a what wild, is going on? It's a wild play. Like yeah. it is. It's there's a reason why like high schools don't do this. Like it's it's so weird. I don't know why anyone's doing it. <laughs> I really don't do, know. Do Taming of the Shrew instead. Call today. Like we're good. Oh my god, we're good. Okay. okay, I can fix him. No, really, I can. It's giving bad boy energy. This is giving yeah. Matt and Healy to me. <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, Which, I by guess the there way, could be some Matt and Healy songs on here. People are so like, oh, there are going to be songs about Travis. No, there are going to be no songs about Travis. Okay? No. What there might be songs about is the breakup. If we're thinking timeline here, the mm-hmm. breakup, the aftermath of the breakup, and who immediately was kind of the rebound after the breakup in the early part of the tour. Right. That's Maddie Healy. Okay. Mm-hmm. Maddie Healy was yeah. at our show in Philadelphia playing with Phoebe Bridgers in the yeah. set, holding his heart when she was singing Lover. Okay. But here's also my take on the whole Maddie Healy thing. Taylor was never serious about that man. He was full rebound status. Like Perhaps. he was just. He was just like an old fling that never quite came to fruition. And then she was suddenly single and she was like, let me get this out of my system. Perhaps. And then when she was done, she was like, bye boy. And he was like, okay, bye. See you later. I think it's it's deeper than that. I think it's deeper than that. Because here's the deal. (laughs) He was the one that sort of like didn't work out. You're newly single. He's still interested. There's still that like sexual tension from before. Right. Mm Mm-hmm. We're forgetting two major things here, okay? Number one, they obviously recorded music together for 1989 that got leaked at Target, okay? Mm-hmm. And they were seen coming in and out of Electric Lady Studios. So obviously there's some sort of music creation, which is obviously the groundwork for, like, sexual tension, okay? And two, <laughs> two, he <clears throat> mouthed the words, this song is for you. I love you. You know, mm-hmm. you know who you are. I love you. He mouthed that. She also mm-hmm. mouthed that on the set on what is that? Okay. See, I think they just love each other as friends. I think there's mutual respect oh, Sarah, as artists. Come on. I don't think there's no. anything deeper. I think he was just her little plaything for a rebound. And then I think it ended. And I think it probably maybe ended sooner than she would have because he became like toxic in the zeitgeist. And I think that is why his song got cut. 
from 1989. I think it was just like a bad look for her. If I'm being honest, I think this was a tree pain situation. I think tree pain said, girl, shut it down. You cannot be with this man. Yeah. And I think that probably stung. She literally was crying tears. What? But wondering if I dodged a bullet or just lost the love of my life was the night after the announcement was made that her and Maddie Healy were no more. She was sobbing. Well, I don't know. Maybe, maybe you're right. I don't know. I think there's more. I think maybe there's more. Maybe we'll find out. <clears throat> I just think this, this has like bad boy, like mm-hmm. good girl with a bad boy vibe, which to me is like a Maddie Healy. Yeah. Who knows? Hmm. Okay. Well, so the next one is, I guess, L-O-M-L. Love of my life. Which, Love of My Life is a Harry Styles song. Baby. <laughs> oh, well, um, the next one is I Can Do It With a Broken Heart. Oh, which my immediately God. Killed made me. me think of um, her interview for Time Person of the Year, where she was talking about being on tour. And she said, I know I'm going on that stage, whether I'm sick, injured, heartbroken, uncomfortable, or stressed. The fact that she threw heartbroken in there for that interview was huge. And now we have this song. I can do it with a broken heart. And we know she was working on this album during the tour. Right. I, I, this is going to hurt. That's going to yeah. hurt. The smallest man who ever lived. I hope cuts deep. <laughs> <laughs> I can only hope it's dear John vibes. <laughs> okay. That's what I oh. want. Okay. I love the theories we have for the next one, which is the alchemy. Mm-hmm. So alchemy is like this like magical process that transforms something into like a metal into like gold. So transforming mm-hmm. an ordinary metal into something that is magical and fulfilling and gold and like beautiful. Um, yeah. and sh- like I would love to do an episode on color theory because she does mm-hmm. use a couple colors repeatedly in her yeah. music catalog. But mm-hmm. one that she used a lot is gold. I once believed yeah. love was black and white, but it's golden. Yeah. And also invisible string. She always like in her visuals for cardigan and willow in those videos, she had the invisible string as a gold string. Yeah. So like her love with Joe is always referred to as golden. Right. But blue is also Joe. Blue, blue is Joe. Also, I've heard golden referred to for Carly. So I don't know what that's about, but yeah, we should do a whole episode on that. That's, that would be fun. Um, mm-hmm. But I think like, in my, if I could guess, I think this song is going to be um, an anendum to invisible string, almost like, mm. like the invisible, yeah. the golden string is gone, but like the alchemy well, still exists. Like it's still something I believe in. Like, I don't know, something like that. Yeah. Or maybe something about like, I thought that love was golden, but it was just pretending. Right. Or I was trying to turn it into something that it's not. Right. Or, and maybe at the same time, I still believe that it can happen. Yeah. Or something. I mean, I love the word alchemy. Like what a great word. Um, yeah. Oh my gosh. And the last track before the bonus track, <clears throat> Clara Bow. This was the other deep dive I did today that I was like, Taylor, what is wrong with you? Because this is, this is very pointed. <laughs> okay. So first of all, her jewelry, the night of the Grammys, 
mimicked a look of Clarabeau's. Who's Clarabeau, for people who don't know? Okay, so Clarabeau is the famous it girl from the 20s. She was like a flapper sex symbol. Um, She was in a ton of, like, silent movies and stuff. Um, But, yeah, I guess there's image of Clarabeau wearing a very similar choker necklace to what Taylor wore with the the Midnight's Watch um, at the Grammys. So that's a very, that's an Easter egg, if anything, just for this song title. Um, but then Clara Bow retired from acting two years after getting married, which like I was looking at the timelines. It seems like she retired probably when she got pregnant, but she also developed a serious psychiatric illness and was eventually diagnosed with schizophrenia. And it sounds like her, her mom had some mental health issues. So it's probably genetic. Um, but she became socially withdrawn and at one point even attempted suicide. And a lot of it was like her not being able to deal with all of the, the like societal pressures and like the fame that she mm-hmm. had gained. Mm-hmm. So it's like, Yikes. She also famously was bisexual. Do you know that? So Was she? Yeah. Well, okay. And then apparently her grandma's last name was Gaylor. I saw that. (laughs) What? We're never escaping these rumors, Taylor, if you keep this up. Okay? No. We're never escaping these rumors. Okay? This was this was laid out there. Yeah. Um which by the way, like I think on this podcast, we should just clarify that, like, we're going to perhaps make connections <clears throat> to people of different sexes. Um, and mm-hmm. I personally don't see that this is a problem as, like, we would make a random connection to a male um, if we <clears throat> made a connection to a female, especially if there's some sort of, like, musical or, like, lyrical trope that ties to a connection of hers that happens to be the same sex, personally. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So... And it doesn't even always necessarily have to be sexual. Like she could obviously write songs about Carly Kloss that has to do with their friendship. Of course. Yeah. Um, but yeah, just on the whole Gaylor situation, you and I both identify as Gaylers. I would definitely clarify that I am a Gaylor. Like I, I definitely, I, I think it's hard to ignore all the Gaylor um, mm-hmm. <laughs> clues and hints and insight. And like, <clears throat> For me, I if she were to come out and say like I am I am I am straight and I would ref- I would prefer if everybody stopped doing that done mm-hmm. like right but yeah. that's not the case so she has not done that also I am a gayler but I also believe that her relationship with Joe was a hundred percent real and genuine I do not think he was a beard I don't think um, that either yeah I believe that is completely plausible that Taylor has had some kind of relations with women or like crushes or intense relationships or whatever. Yeah. You know, as like most of her music is like, and her fandom is there's a lot of like speculation when it comes to like her lyrics and and analyzing her Mm -hmm. lyrics. And I think it's not wrong to make connections with women as it is the same with men of her life. I mean, Mm -hmm. technically doing both is bad if she wouldn't want people to do that, but she's writing honestly, which of course is Mm -hmm. going to ask for our fans to have some sort of conversation about it because Mm -hmm. 
She's not naming names, which makes us constantly questioning, okay, like who is this about? Mm -hmm. And I don't see that there's a problem with, with speculating a woman or a man as a potential subject for her music. Um, Yeah. And also if Taylor is queer, there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. So it's not like embarrassing for her to be queer. And I think there are also reasons why she wouldn't come out necessarily the way anybody else might. I think it's very complicated for her, not just with her personal stuff, but um, if Taylor comes out, she kind of automatically outs other people. And another thing too, is that like, we saw in her documentaries how difficult it was for her to make a statement just about going out to vote. Mm-hmm. Like how much yeah. behind the scenes drama there was about just making a political statement. How yeah. much of a political statement is for the biggest pop star in the world to come out as mm-hmm. not straight? Like, and, and yeah. I, and I, per- and I think that, you know, we don't know anything about Taylor's sexuality. We know that she's obviously a huge LGBTQ plus supporter and advocate. Mm-hmm. And like, Personally, if you're offended by the idea of her um, music being connected to women, um, then I think you need to look inside. Like, Mm -hmm. what's the problem? Also, in my mind, the greatest argument for Taylor being queer is that you cannot tell me that this woman with the mind that she has is only attracted to men. (laughs) There's just... Absolutely no way. Well, I thought you were going to say with the mind that she has and the literary knowledge that she has, so much of her signaling is signaling that perhaps that she might have been with a woman. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. we, could, we could go into that, do a separate, do a separate podcast. But uh, anyway, this is yeah. a huge tangent about Clara Bow. <laughs> so... <laughs> I cannot wait to hear it. I can't wait. It is the last track on the album before the bonus track, which is called The Manuscript. So, like, think, like, mm-hmm. Dear Reader. That was very confessional, right? Like, mm-hmm. who knows? Yeah. And the manuscript, the manuscript is, like, a handwritten piece of writing that's often, like, a tome. So there are also theories that this album has songs that are going to be featured on her, Mm. her movie. Maybe. Which I don't know if I believe that. I feel like the movie is going to be its own thing. I kind of think that too. You know? She's busy, but like, that's the next level. Mm -hmm. She's writing music for her movie. That's a lot. Yeah. Anyway. She gave a lot of literary signs of writing and poetry. So let's get into that real quick. So okay. Travis mentioned how Taylor turns her life into poetry and how beautiful that is. So like Travis has heard some of this. He knows. Oh yeah. Which we do have confirmation that Travis has heard some of it. Yeah. But I just keep cracking up to myself thinking about the idea of Taylor being like, Hey babe, do you want to hear a little bit of my new album? And him going, all right, now. <laughs> I just, I imagine, I'm, I'm imagining what this is going to sound like. And there's going to be words like the alchemy. And Travis mm-hmm. is going to be like, babe, what's, what's alchemy? Yeah. Like, 
Like, do you know what I mean? <laughs> yes. Oh my gosh. We, we love this. We love this. Um, <laughs> Taylor is going to be like the Swifty, like, um, explaining the Taylor Swift song to the non-Swifty, but to Travis. She's going to be like, so listen, She's there's like, this, so this and then there's back, that. This ties back to this. Yeah. And Which here I'm referring to that. this. <laughs> I love it. So then she's going to be in front of like a board and she's going to be like, so this is re- in reference to this. Do you know what mm-hmm. that word means? <laughs> like, that's what it's going to be. Um, and then the all too well, 10 minute short film. Yeah. She well, Yeah. The character of her essentially writes a book. Right. <gasps> Wait. Oh the book. God. What? Well, <laughs> she was like doing all that Easter egg stuff around the time. She was like, can I like hint at something three years in advance? What year was that? 21? 21, baby. So what if, what if this whole album is an Easter egg to be like, by the way, I'm dropping a book in the fall. Well, there's been a lot of speculation that she would have a book. Do you remember like last spring there was one? It ended up not being hers. Yeah. Um, and Argyle is is another thing. People thought that Argyle was hers because there's like a Scottish yeah. gold cat. It's there's a whole Yeah. There's a whole I, thing. Maybe that maybe was just written by a Swifty. Must have been. There's a lot of clues there. Anyway. Yeah. Anyway. Um, she also mentioned in Holy Ground, back when you fit my poem like a perfect rhyme, and the story's got dust on every page. Like Yeah, so let me play these for us. Literary okay. left and right. And I guess we fell apart in the usual way. And the story's got us on every page. And then there's also this one. Back to a first glance, feeling on New York time. Back when you fit my poems like a perfect ride. So that was in red. Um, so she's been talking about writing poems and stuff since then. Yeah. Um, more recently in Death by a Thousand Cuts, she's mentioned if the story's over, why am I writing pages? You said it was a great love, one for the ages. But if the story's over, why am I still writing pages? Which I have always loved that line. It's so I good. I think that is such a good line. It's so what good. What she's talking about. Oh, yeah. God, that's such a good song. Okay. So, okay, you must have gone in a real deep dive on this next one. So, hits different. Okay. I don't, Again, you're gonna have let to me give you a book report. Explain. Okay. Yeah. So, hits different. Um, and th- this is just the life of a Swifty. Okay. Yesterday, I was driving home from work and I put on hits different, like I do basically every day. And the line about a wrinkle in time came on. And I was like, wait a minute. Um, that's a book. That is a book. And I was like, I was like, is she referencing that book? Or is that just a phrase or whatever? Which looking this up, I don't think that was a phrase. I think that has become a phrase from the book. Okay. I, I could be wrong, but I think a wrink her saying a wrinkle in time, she says a wrinkle in time like the crease by your eyes, um has to be a reference to this book. And again, <laughs> so I don't think I read A Wrinkle in Time as a kid. What? That's 
that's a classic one. I know. This was one of the first chapter books I was obsessed with. Okay, so it's one of those books I should have read. And if I did read it, I don't remember it. It didn't stick. It did not stick. I put it in the same category as The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. Oh, no. Um, (laughs) Oh, God. I don't know. I think... I, I don't know if I ever read it. I think I remember my brother Colin reading it and liking a lot. You should read it. It's very good. I should read it. And also, okay, so I'm reading all about it last night, trying to get the gist of it. Yeah. And one of the things said, um, it's like chock full of metaphors and it's overly dramatized so that people of all ages can easily grasp the concepts. And I'm like, girl, I'm reading about this on Wikipedia. And I'm like, (laughs) what is this book about? So, so I did a deep dive on this, but I'm still confused, but I feel like it is connected. Okay. So it's a book full of metaphors. Yeah. And she says in his different, don't need another metaphor. It's simple enough. Okay. Because you got to put it all together. Okay. okay? So the main character, Meg, one of the main themes of this book is that she struggles with being different. It's different. Yeah. She gets picked on for things like not expressing her emotions in the right way, which could be said about Taylor. Yeah. Right? I could see that. All she does is write songs about her breakups. Blah, blah. And constantly being told she should change something about herself. Argumentative or antithetical dream girl. Also, some people have talked about how this main character, Meg, is like very queer coded. Mm. And very like not, um, gender non-conforming, like non-binary. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Another one of the main themes in the book is good versus evil. She says, um, Taylor says, in the good in the world, you once believed in me. Mm-hmm. Um, but basically there's all this stuff about a wrinkle in time. I, that, yeah, I could see it. And so I, I did, I looked on TikTok to see if anyone was talking about this. And I did see one TikTok that I liked that was referencing this like essay, which I, we can link to it. I have it in our notes here. It's called feeling the fear of difference celebrating a wrinkle in time Mm. and it's all about this main character's struggle with her differences and then i guess in the end she does accept the fact that she's different Mm -hmm. and realizes that it's actually like a strength for her yeah um so anyway hearing all of that listen to this clip from hits different So I see it. Okay. If anyone is a huge wrinkle in time fan, I should also probably watch the movie, but like, tell me what's going on here. Read the book. (laughs) 
I should read the book. Yeah. But I, it, I'm so glad that hit me yesterday because this is yet another literary reference. Sure. Yeah. That I still can't fully wrap my head around. So, well, one of the clearest literary references Taylor's ever made in song is one of my favorite songs ever by Taylor called the lakes. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, this is where she just really flexed her AP English of it all, which, by the way, like, we should tell everybody that we were having these impromptu, like, dinners with our friends Kelly and Dave and Charlotte, where we would host AP English, and we would talk about, like, specifically, like, folklore at the time. It was like, mm-hmm. so this is a callback to this, and, if you know, there's theories about, like, basically what we're doing right now. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. But we called it AP English. Well, I feel Mm -hmm. like The Lakes is the AP English song. Like, this is the academia song. So, um, obviously, she mentions Take Me to the Lakes Where the Poets Go to Die. Wordsworth Mm -hmm. is mentioned. It's a play on word, but like William Wordsworth. The Mm -hmm. Windermere Peaks, Auroras, and Sad Prose, like a poetry callback. Like, is this another Mm -hmm. thing she was like signaling to like years ago? Or was this just like inspiration? I don't know, but like, let's take a listen really quick. Take me to the lakes where all the poets went to die. I don't belong, and my beloved, neither do you. Those winds me a peak feels like a perfect place to cry. I'm setting off, but not without my muse. I want auroras and sad prose. I want to watch. So good. It's so good. Mm-hmm. It's so good. Such a beautiful song. Like, talk about I poetry. <sighs> so then we need to talk about Emily Dickinson. Oh, girl. Okay. okay. I also did a deep dive on this last night. Um, <laughs> everyone says that her song Ivy, um, like, well, wait, did she say? Oh, no. So Taylor didn't specifically say that this song was inspired by Emily Dickinson. No, but she did mention she was reading a lot of Emily Dickinson during the pandemic, right? Or did she just say she was reading a lot? Like generally, I don't know. I don't I, know if she said Dickinson, but uh, maybe it was Rebecca that I'm thinking of. Anyway, oh yeah, English English so, writing. <laughs> yeah, but the the Dickinson TV show did use Ivy because mm. it is so highly speculated that it was about Dickinson's love affair with Sue Gilbert, which is what that show's about. Also, Evermore was released on Emily Dickinson's birthday. Wow, I don't didn't know, know if that, that was on purpose. And Taylor said that the folklore cover art was inspired by a girl sleepwalking through the forest in a nightgown in 1830. And 1830 was the year that Dickinson was born. Also, Dickinson ends one of her poems to her lover, Sue Gilbert, with forevermore. I do remember. I do remember hearing that and being like, what? Yeah. So this is Ivy. I can't stop you putting roots in my dreamland. My house of stone, your ivy grows, and now I'm covered in you. Ivy is one of my favorites. 
Oh, so beautiful. I love it so much. Um, I, yeah, so I feel like in the world of folklore and evermore of like the songs that are fictional, I could totally see Ivy being based on Emily Dickinson. Yeah, absolutely. Um, same time frame, but tolerate it mm-hmm. is definitely based on Rebecca, um, a young woman who's with an older man. Um, but- and we have that from Taylor herself. She right. has told us that. Right. So let's take a quick listen to that one. Tell me I've got it wrong somehow. I know my love should be celebrated. I have to talk about this. You tolerate it. Well, this is like one of your favorite songs, right? One of my favorite track fives. Um, you can't write this song without being tortured. Like, are you kidding me? Mm-hmm. No. Well, no and sane it is a track person. Five. No sane well, person can write this. Even if you are heavily inspired by Rebecca or Betty Draper or whoever it is. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. You cannot write this unless you are in a very tortured state of mind. There is no possible way. Well, and she said that she was reading Rebecca and was like, wow, he really just tolerates her love. And she said, I can relate to that. I've felt that way at times in my life. But what we probably didn't know is she was probably currently feeling that way. Oh, my God. And it's a track five. So that is track fives are always her like most personal, vulnerable, like, wrenching, deep cut, vulnerable song. Oh so my God. There's no way tolerate it is purely fictional based on, based on Rebecca. Rebecca. Oh, and then another sort of English author moment. Um, Shakespeare, All's Well That Ends Well is mentioned in Lover. So let's take a quick listen to that. End up with you, baby. Okay, anyway. <laughs> All's Well That Ends Well is like one of the most classic Shakespeare sayings. So like, although it's in vernacular, it is something that is from Shakespeare. So that's definitely a tie back. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we have a bunch of things from uh, Reputation. Reputation. Even, but we can't play Reputation because we don't have Taylor's version. So yeah, we can't we sample that. The, we don't have the files. You guys get All it. these ones that we're playing, we're playing because we actually own them like we bought the digital version so we're able to play them for you guys um and we wouldn't dare not use her version so yeah we don't have reputation taylor's version yet so okay you have to explain these to me okay so drinking from a champagne sea felt like gatsby all that whole year Mm. like that's Mm -hmm. that's that's gatsby scott f is F. Scott in, Fitzgerald. That's in This Is Why We Can't Have Nice Things. This is things. why we can't have nice things. She also mentioned that's right. Gatsby in another song. Now I can't remember. Well, wait, but that's also referencing her um holiday house. Yes. Rebecca Harkness's house, which is isn't that from the area that the Great Gatsby was set in? Yes. Um okay. ish. I mean, inspiration can definitely be taken from that area. I don't know if it's directly that area, but it's the mm-hmm. same vibe. So yeah. Scott Fitzgerald, Gatsby, obviously. Um, mm-hmm. And then So It Goes is like one of the most classically used terms from Slaughterhouse-Five by by Kurt Vonnegut. Um, mm. So that's from Reputation. Um, and So It Goes is sort of like an apathetic sort of term that's used in the book, but it's used differently in, I don't know, in, that, in the song, it's a little bit of a different vibe. 
Mm-hmm. But um, also, Tale of Two Cities, another English moment in Getaway Car. She says, it was the best of times, the worst of crimes, which comes from, it was the best of times, it was the worst of times. One of mm. the most famous lines from the book. So yeah. we got Tale of Two Cities. We got Shakespeare. We got Kurt Vonnegut. We have F. Scott Fitzgerald. We All of it. Okay? Mm-hmm. Wordsworth. Like, Emily Dickinson. A Wrinkle in Time. <laughs> This woman is well-read, okay? English class is yeah. in session. Like, <laughs> let's go. Mm-hmm. Also, can we talk about how, like, if Taylor weren't a songwriter, um, I saw an early interview of hers on, like, a radio station. We're like, well, if you weren't a songwriter, like, what would you do? She was like, well, I'd probably use my words. Like, I'd probably be in marketing, you know? And I was she like... She is in marketing. I was like, girl, you're not in marketing. You'd be an English teacher. Like, be real. <laughs> Be real. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I love this so much. Yeah. We are so excited. This album, like I, like I texted you guys in our group chat that um, like on Monday, I kept thinking about this new album and then wanting to go listen to it. Like, Oh, we have new songs. And then realizing I don't have them yet. (laughs) And it's so long. It's so long. There's going to be so many theories that come out between now and when this, album comes out i wonder if we'll get a single or she's just gonna drop it all at once like midnights i don't know i don't know i just think she liked doing that i kind of like i don't know i like having it all at once if i'm being honest i like just being Mm -hmm. surprised by figuring out the tone right um yeah i don't know i think we live in a time where it's like drop it all who cares like yeah plus then she can have like you know, all of the songs charting at the same time. Right. Like she did with Midnight's. Right. So, of course, as a foodie podcast, we have to talk about what recipe, what vibe are we getting from this? I mean, we have very limited, very limited resources to pull from. But what's the vibe of this album yeah, as a food? So when I was thinking about this, what came to my mind was lavender shortbread. I love that. Like It just seemed like something an AP English student or, or like if you're like an, at an English um, major at like Harvard and you're in the library and you need a snack, <laughs> like a little treat shortbread just seems like the vibe. So I did find a recipe on howsweeteats.com for a white chocolate lavender slice and bake shortbread. It just, it just, to me, it sort of has this very like dreamy, like, vanilla sort of vibe but then i was like no there's something like cooler about it and like i was thinking like a vanilla thing but then once you added lavender into it like a lavender shortbread i was like absolutely that is absolutely Mm -hmm. the vibe um yeah and then i added i think it's that lavender shortbread cookie with like a side of black coffee like Mm -hmm. dark academia like i'm studying but like also i don't i'm not messing around like i know what i came here to do i know the assignment that also reminds me we like the the easter egg in the music video of the latte with the clock on it and the, the fingernails which everyone now is saying like was an Easter egg for this. Cause also the color palette of the album is very much like a latte. Yeah. Um, Cause like we were seeing on TikTok how it kind of looks like it's black and white, but it's actually like really muted 
browns. It's sepia. It's like sepia toned. It's kind of like mm-hmm. it's not mm-hmm. black and white. Yeah, there's definitely other stuff going on. Yeah, but the fact that it was a steaming hot cup of gel. <laughs> She's so petty. I love it. <laughs> I love it so much. Yeah. Um. So so this was honestly. Oh, go ahead. This was obviously a total shock for all of us. The best mm-hmm. of kind of shock. But I'm I'm happy to be back in a world where like I'm not afraid that a album's just gonna drop at any minute. Mm-hmm. Like <laughs> I'm glad there's a date assigned to it. Like I'm very pleased yeah. that we can plan a listening party and that we can like mm-hmm. get excited and like hear more theories between now and then. Um so yeah, April nineteenth. I can't wait. Mark your calendars. Yeah. Um, I think our next episode is probably going to be a Super Bowl episode, maybe. Yeah. Well, we'll see. I mean, if she's there. Right. If she's not, there's not much to talk about, is there? (laughs) Right. If not, then we'll probably do the blank space one that we were supposed to do next. Right. That we had to bump. We were bumping that back. So anyway, Mm -hmm. we will... Definitely be excited to see what's to come in the coming weeks. I mean, who knows? We might get rep. Super Bowl. Like, anything's possible. But thank you for joining us for our first emergency pod. We appreciate you. (laughs) Um, Yes. And thank you guys so much on our launch. And thanks for supporting us. Um, We got so many nice messages from our friends, as well as some Mm -hmm. others who have joined us from social media. Um, so yeah, give us a follow at blank plate pod on TikTok or Instagram. We're sharing some of our clips. Um, so if you want to see what we look like, <laughs> yeah, you can also watch our whole episodes on YouTube. Yeah. If that's your thing. So we're also blank over there. And if you would be so kind, give us a, <clears throat> give us a review guys. It helps out a lot, especially as a new podcast to get in people's sort of algorithm. So that would be really awesome. Just give us a nice, nice little review for sure. Yeah. And if you want to chat about the new album or your theory, anything Taylor related, Taylor, Taylor related, (laughs) you can send us an email at blankplatepod at gmail.com or send us a voicemail at 717-382-8313. Yeah. Well, what a great episode. And until we see you guys next time, we've had the time of our lives with you and And go for it. (laughs) It's time to go. It is time to go. (laughs) All right. Bye. Bye.